How many times do you set a goal for yourself and you tell someone that goal for yourself and then you're, before they even respond, you're expecting judgment from them in either a praising way or uh, or a negative like comment way or like I, I've noticed that I'll do that. Like I'll say something like, oh, I'm trying to be this like, for instance, in golf, like, oh, like I'm a 15 handicap and then I'm all immediately expecting people to be like, oh, you suck based off of what their skill level is or oh you're you're okay you're a solid golfer like it's all relative but like you i noticed like and i think this is some of this been through meditations like i start to be aware of this is that i noticed the expectations that i put on myself and then i project those things onto how other people might feel when it's like who cares Hey y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the Life Lab Podcast. We're joined by myself, Will Dorns, and my co-host, Everett Adams. We recorded this episode on April Fool's Joke. April Fool's Jokes, April Fool's Day. See, I already got jokes. Um, outside of those, we get into some mental models around the Infinity Game, Euro Mortality, Goals versus Systems, and we pay tribute to the late and great Nipsey Hussle, RIP. We hope you guys enjoy and have some laughs. I basically don't talk to anyone all day. I just think I'll save it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new life motto. Should we start with a, do you want to start with just like an intro? No, we'll do, let's do it at the end. What are you going to wear? Do you have any, do you have any visions for cello? Um, I was looking at a, uh, cause you wear all white on Sundays for Easter Sunday. What are we doing about Kanye? 9 a.m. Yeah, what's the deal with that? That's it. 9 a.m. Sunday service. He's just going to be on the polo grounds, just giving a service. And we we ha- That's legendary. We can't not be Obviously. there. We can't not be there. I'm going to try and get baptized or something. <laughs> Rebaptize me. <laughs> There's going to be people of like different religions trying to get baptized. Father, take my hand. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> no, stretch my hand. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Dude, it's going to be a nightmare. But also, it's like, would you normally get there that early or anywhere no, close? You're like just Say it's getting like an, out of bed at yeah, that time. That's problematic. Yeah. Aren't we going to be up late on Saturday? Yeah. And Sunday's always like, it's like Survivor Day. You're just trying to make it. You're just trying to survive on Sunday on the third day of a festival because you've already been... Like, two days in. Yeah, you're two days in. You probably had shitty sleep. You probably went too hard the first day. So you're recovering from the first day. So what do we do? There's got to be a strategy. Because getting there at nine. I wonder. That's asinine. Because I, what I'm c- concerned about is if it's at nine, let's say it's like an hour long. Then you're just there. Then you're just there. And there's not going to be music playing. Like, Can we get back? Can we go home and take a nap? Probably. Are there shuttles all day like that, though? Yeah. But the problem is with Coachella, I don't think it's re-entry. They're, they're going to have to figure something out. But you re-enter every day. Yeah, but it's it's for your day. Like, it scans. Oh, and it's like right. one day, two day, three but day. But it's registered. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. You should remember. be able to re-enter because you're registered. Yeah, right? you might be right. I can't remember. I, mean, I have no idea, but I would hope. Were there any more details about his service? Uh, no. What? I just heard your neighbor coughing. Didn't know if he was 
queuing something up over yeah, there. You might. Do you want to tell the story of your neighbor? Oh, my neighbor? Do you think it's inappropriate to tell the story of yours? I mean, I'll tell mine. So It's pretty funny. I'm probably minus. They're both pretty funny. So I get a lot of noise complaints for my music in my place because the building's like a legitimate 100 years old. And they're nice. They're just like, hey, you know, turn it down. And I've just kind of accepted that every once in a while I get harassed. And so my neighbor above me is really loud from time to time. And I think of it a little bit like equity. It's like, I don't want to complain because I don't want it to encourage them to complain about me mm-hmm. more. Yeah. And it's not loud music. It's just like bass and my Sonos. They just hear and it bothers them because they're old people and they're retired. have nothing else to do. So a couple of weeks ago, I'm working from home in the afternoon and there's these sounds all day. I'm just staring at the ceiling, wondering what's happening. It sounds like things are being dropped, bowling balls, furniture, coolers. I don't know what it could be, but I'm just looking around going, what this, these people are old. They can barely like they're, uh, you, you, you saw Judy. How old do you think she is? She's not older than 60. Is she, she could be 60, 65, 60, 65, mid 60s. Yeah. It's a couple screws loose. Just like, it's not, it's not, things are not looking good there. And so it makes all this noise even more peculiar to me. It's not like there's young people, whatever, messing around. I'm like, what is this old lady and this old man doing all the time? And are they both retired and are they there all day? It seems like Doug's gone, but she's there all day. Um, like she just wanders around outside, like fucking with plants, fucking with her, their kayaks. Like she kayaks like an inflatable kayak and I'll just see her messing with it, but not do anything. She's just touching it and unscrewing things. Touching it. <laughs> I love just touching my kayak. <laughs> Dude, I, this, I mean, it's a situation. I don't know what's happening. I'm concerned. Anyway, I'm hearing all this sound on a Thursday afternoon. I'm working. I'm like on the phone. It's, it's becoming a nuisance, but I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. It's the afternoon. I like to bang music sometimes in the afternoon. So it's like, it'll be fine. I go out, I get home late. I'm laying in bed. It's 1 a.m. Still going. That's the crazy thing about these people. Um, I presume it's her. Um, She seems like the bizarre one. And he seems like the voice of reason in the little duo up there. And uh, so I'm going, it's one o'clock. I've had enough. So I shoot a text to Angela, my landlord, I said, Angela, it sounds like my upstairs neighbors are river dancing in clogs, wooden clogs. So I finally shoot a text off to Angela. She responds the next morning. Thanks. Sorry. I'll talk to them. Angela being the, 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 um, house, the land, the land goddess. Um, So there I am the next day in the afternoon. My standing desk is like adjacent to my front door with a big window. Sure enough, Judy's out there fickling with everything, just touching, touching things. Her kayak. 
there's a big planter box outside my window that she's adopted as hers. It's actually really funny. It's like the big one outside my living room window. It seems like it should be mine, but she just, I think every season flowers just die and she just buys new ones and puts them in there. And she'll just her. be messing with that all the time. She, anyway, she's wandering around. Fine. Sure enough. She finally walks up to my front door and knocks. I'm like, Oh God. I open the door and she's like, almost feels like kind of tweaky. She's like playing with her Jack. She's touching her. Touching dead, herself. Touching her. <laughs> <laughs> she's. T- <laughs> Uh, oh dude she's touching her denim jacket it's april fool's just making me feel uncomfortable you know i'm just i feel bad because i know what she's about to say she's about to address the noise she's like i'm really sorry she's searching for words and can barely get them out and i'm just like it's okay it's fine you know like i know my music can be loud too i'm trying to like calm her down and she's like well if you ever have any problems or i'm too loud feel free to come talk to me i'm like i'm never coming to talk to you like no way and she's just she kind of keeps on going and i'm i'm standing in the front door and it's one of those moments where you're in a conversation and your brain starts going like how soon am i going to be out of this like life must go on like like this is so uncomfortable i think we all have friends who like corner you when you're drunk (laughs) Or when they're really drunk, usually, that. and it's like, oh, how am I going to get out of this this never ending yeah. story that they're about to tell? You have such a different concept of time. You're like, yeah. it's been five minutes. <laughs> yeah. and this is horrible. Yeah, and I don't know what to say. I don't. Is anyone around? Like, um, and I, I'm just like, it's fine. At this point, I'm like, I wish I never lodged the complaint because this is worse than anything else. And she goes, she's just kind of going on. She goes, well, you know. I have have been known to be a little violent, so I'm sorry if it's loud. And I'm just like, I didn't I violent. Didn't, I didn't ask you any. I didn't ask you a single question. I didn't ask you what the sound was. Didn't even comment on that. And so now I know that. Well, that's all I know, and I don't know what that even means. Um, I can think about a time that I was at the Red Onion and her partner Doug. I said, hey, what up, Doug? The little tavern down in Madison Park. I said, hey, what up, Doug? And he's like, oh, the old lady's back at the place running amok. And I, at that time, I just was like, okay, that's a weird thing to say about your you know, <laughs> wife or partner or whatever, significant other. And then she tells me this last week, and I'm just like, what is happening up there? Yeah, what does violent even mean? Uh, like in your house, like, like, am I just like throwing things over? Like yeah. knocking them over on purpose? Like, I've heard them like. Do they take out the trash a lot because things break? Up? <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. I wonder if they must have laundry up there because I never see them carrying laundry bins. I see everybody else too, and they have shared laundry at the end mm. of the building. I never see that. I think they just, especially her, she just has nothing to do and just drinks a lot. And she should come join the whiskey tasting with me. Gets drunk. Yeah, she could probably use the extra funds. Um, she might get mad at them though, but uh, she might get violent. <laughs> like an old lady tells you, I tend to get a little violent. You know what it reminded me of? Oh, it reminded me of those memes going around right now where it says like nobody, and then it shows a person like freaking out about something. Have you seen those? No. I know. I'm 
on Instagram way more than you, but but you're on Snapchat, so like washed. Um, it reminded me of that where it's like nobody asked you, and now you're saying something totally obnoxious. I didn't ask for this. It's funny because you like at a party, you can you can usually have someone save you, or you can be like, I need to use the restroom, or I need a, I need a drink to like get out of the situation. You were stuck there. Like you were in your living room door with the door open and she was in it and there was no escape for you. You just had to hear her out until she decided to leave. Well, when she said violent, like I literally like was like all the possibilities went through my mind. I was like, what if she like tried to hit me right now, like stab me or something? Cause this like without trying to be disrespectful, like she's creepy just like the fidgetiness and just like her shoulders moving and kind of head twitching. You're just like, this person's clearly not all there in this moment. Um, she just whips out a bowling ball from behind. Oh, dude, she's bowling strikes up there for sure. So I don't know. It's a uh, interesting. And then, you know, of course, of course, now it's one of those things where it seems like I see her way more. Like outside. Hey, how's it going? Oh, I didn't even tell you this first time I told you the story. So a couple hours later, like I was playing music and I had my front door open. It was like pretty warm. So I was letting some fresh air and she's like walking back and forth a bunch. And so she's definitely hearing my music, but it's not that loud. She pops in and she goes, oh, hey, by the way, I forgot to mention, if you hear my music, if I'm being too loud, just come up and dance with me sometime. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what? You should have said, uh, can I choose the songs? Yeah. Can I bring some slaps? So now I have that dynamic, which is always strange. I don't know if Technically, it's better or worse than yours at the moment. You do have slaps on deck, considering where you live. Boom. Boom. Whoa. Do I need to have a party just so I can call it yeah, that? Yeah, the slaps on deck party. Or something like that. Weird. Yeah. All this time, I never even thought about it. April Fools just yeah channeling I, the inner jokes. I wish this was an however April, bad they might be. April Fools story, but it's not. This lady just ruined my afternoon. But it's a pretty fun story to tell people, and everyone immediately goes, "What does that mean? What does violent mean?" Yeah. You don't think about these older people as like doing anything. But I could, I, I do get the feeling that she gets drunk and then starts, like, based on what she does with the plants outside, she just loves to fidget. Yeah. She'll grab a pot and move it over there and step back and look at it. I get the feeling that she's moving furniture around up there and stuff. What was that? I don't know. I thought it was maybe your neighbor doing something crazy. Before we get to your story about your neighbor, because we're looking at this beautiful letter, um, I got a dope Groupon for some CrossFit. I want to do it for like the rest of the summer. I'm like super pumped. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Where at? Well, I'm excited to participate. That was my one April Fool's Day joke. Ah. I would never fucking do that shit. Hey, you had me there. No disrespect to the CrossFitters out there because it seems to work for people, but. That was good. You had me for a second. <laughs> I was literally like holding back a smile. 
I don't know how you didn't call me out. I've been uh, so focused on getting our damn microphone to work. It's been hey, playing a big fool on us. I don't want to be a downer, but last night when I found out that Nip- Nipsey Hussle got shot in front of his store in L.A. Do you know who that is? Yeah. I got into his music like a year ago. Yeah. He, and I really fucking like it. He is all about grinding. And just like facilitating his own business, talking about entrepreneurship and ownership. And seemed like such a good voice, but also like a very talented lyricist. Slaps very much a west coast sound and like it's struck it's struck me all day every i i i can't go a few minutes without thinking about i mean i've been listening to his music all day um and the the irony is that he had this is in front of his store called marathon clothing like in in crenshaw and he bought the entire strip mall and was slowly building wait i think i might i might might be getting this story mixed up in the in the spot where his store is where he sells clothing he also has like a general store where they just sell like phones shirts just like really basic things at like a really low price and it's just like employed by people from the or all the employees are people from the neighborhood and I was just like kind of consuming a bunch of stories about him today. He had all these, you know, relatively small businesses around LA that were basically family businesses that he stood up. And he'd like, you know, families within his network, he would just start it and be like, you guys are going to run this. And it was Damn. all hired by like local or not hired. All the employees were you know, local people of the community. Like, he was doing real shit, you know. Um, it really fucking bummed me out. And I it struck me in a weird way that, like, it seemed like it was the first... I'm trying to think of another artist who, like, has passed away, like, since I've been an adult. It's the first one that, like, struck me. Like, I was... It was just bizarre. Like... Who's the DJ who passed away a few months ago? ago? Avicii. Did that strike you? Were you a big fan of his? Yeah, Did I mean, it... he was a legend. Yeah. It was, like, terrible. Is it a different type of connection? Because, like, there are lyrics from Nipsey Hussle, and, like, he's all in my, like, workout playlist. Like, I listen to his music almost every day now. Not a ton. I haven't been listening to him for 10 years. But, like, definitely something I identify with. It's, like, Hustle try and create things with your friends and family and leave a legacy yeah he's all about that he always all about that message like of all the artists it's like and he was shot in front of his store he was walking out of the store with his daughter and apparently some guy hopped out of a car lit him up i think someone else um was shot and killed and then a third person is like in serious condition like in front of all these people, in front of a store. Earlier the day, that day yesterday, he was at one of the Final Four games, Whoa. like courtside. And like, you know, there's a cool video of some player coming up to him after the game and they were like, you know, t- saying something back and forth to each other and getting each other pumped up. 
And like, I mean, it, it's, it's funny to me because he's one of those rappers that like, you just don't know about him unless you know about him, mm-hmm. you know, like he had some features, but like most people didn't know about him, but to see what happened on social media today or anywhere in the media athletes, like everybody identified with his kind of movement and his voice. Yeah. And, uh, just a real bummer. Cause it seems like, you seem like he was almost born for this time. Like for sure. the side hustle, like, Grinding like he Gary V would like talk about him. Um, he would just seem like he was made for this like time in history of like people starting their own things um, and it really becoming that hustle like even more so than it ever has before at least in my yeah. opinion. And he always seemed like the voice of that on the underground. Yeah, and specifically like the he talked a lot about like the patience. You know he he went independent and like owns all the masters to all of his music. So he makes way more money, but he has to invest a lot more to like get his music out there. Um, Which I think is something to be, you know, anybody can learn from kind of that virtue of maybe not taking the, any type of shortcut at all times. You know, if you have an opportunity to do something yourself, develop it slower, makes it more authentic. Um, yeah. I can't remember if Macklemore still independent, but he was independent for a long time. I I can't remember, but yeah. he's different style, obviously way different, but he definitely did things his own way. Still does. Yeah, just a weird sidebar though. I thought it was. Uh, it's notable. Notable and ironically notable that our last release had so much to do with personal finance, succession, and leaving a heritage for your family, trying to get your shit in order. And that's something that he was really about and somehow in a very cool way made it part of his narrative while he was rapping, you know, it wasn't corny at all, but he, mm-hmm. he did it in such a good way. I think it's, I don't know. It felt, it, it made me feel some type of way that we released an episode with Andrew that was all about a topic. That's a big part of his narrative on the day that he died. Damn. It's kind of weird. That is weird. That struck me in a weird way. So if you want to get pumped up in the gym, go listen to Victory Lap. It's a album chocked full of slaps. It's got some good ones on there. Yeah. Get you pumped up. But um moving on. Um I got really into Mac Miller's music oh, oh, after yeah, he died. Yeah. I never listened to his stuff beforehand. And like after he died, I like got really into it. Like his latest album so good in my opinion it's yeah so good yeah i really liked blue slide park like it didn't really stick with me but at the time that i i was addicted to that album yeah. a couple years ago um and i think they renamed that park after him like in pittsburgh after he passed away but yeah that's another weird one i don't know for some reason that didn't seem to hit the same way i think it's because it was a murder yeah. And it's so graphic. And knowing his daughter was there. Yeah, she's... Yeah, um, that's rough. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's why it... It's like, how how, like how much of a leader was he to so many different people? So, dude, the outcry... Like, ESPN and all these accounts on social media have documented the outcry from everybody. And, like, 
LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, Jamie Foxx, like so many people spoke out about how important his voice was and how much of an Kuzma has like, he's got the tattoo of his label. He's Nipsey has like this flag that was, I think one of the logos of his label. Um, Kuzma had it on his arm and he has this long, he had a long post today about how coming out, I want to say coming out of high school, he was under recruited, didn't have a lot of friends. And then like when he like started listening to Nipsey Hussle, it like helped him build his identity from like a, a long time ago, changed his work ethic. And every day in the gym, it was Nipsey Hussle, like every day for years leading wow. up to the NBA. And then obviously he comes to the Lakers and meets him and they become friends you know, that's just one example, but it was crazy to me just how many people had pictures with him, and there was just such such a respect. Kevin Hart, I mean, anybody who's anybody seemed to to want to share something about him, you know, and what yeah. he meant. And a lot of people actually said uh, Tupac of our generation, which I think is funny that you said almost like he was built for this time, because he definitely was speaking two people who need to hear it, you know, and just a message everybody needs to hear. But I don't think his, like his same, if you were to take his same message and have it 15 years ago, I don't think it would have resonated nearly as much as it does in today's culture. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Death is a, death is a weird thing. It's been striking me much differently lately. It makes you so much more appreciative for like your time than the people you know you know, and opportunities you have. Um, I yep. talked to Bjorn a few weeks ago and I, I, at the end of our phone call, I, uh, I invited myself over. I was like, Hey dude, when are we going to have that barbecue at your place? You know, like I haven't met his, his kids or anything. I think I missed an opportunity to go to a, a barbecue a few years ago when you first had Bodie. And, um, I was like, by the way, let's schedule that barbecue with the, with the whole family. And he was like, dude, whoa, he was like, thanks for mentioning that. And he was like, he said one of his buddies, I think it was in his early 40s, who he'd also been meaning to have over for like the last few years, kind of the same as me. Like hasn't, I mean, I've seen Bjorn a bunch, but mm -hmm. I don't, it sounds like he hadn't seen this guy. I think is it maybe it was an engineer at um, Boeing, was feeling ill one day, had a heart attack in the parking lot, died. And Bjorn was just like, I never got around to having this guy over. So it makes me feel really motivated to like write down some priorities and like spend time with people because you just don't, you don't have forever. That's what I always say. Always wish your parents and loved ones like say I love you every time because yeah. you never know if that could be the last time. Have you ever thought of doing the, for your own personal like mortality, like, um, the calendar of like you take your the average American male age in the US let's say it's just like 80 and then you count out how many days that is and then you have like a running clock countdown of how many days you have left to live till you're 80 and die yeah. and it's like holy shit it's not that many days yeah I mean we could probably do it pretty easily right now yeah you don't obviously don't really... is it number 80 I just made that up it's probably something around there but just I mean, you're 31, I'm 30. You could just take 50 times 365. 17,520 days. 
Dude, that doesn't sound like that many days at all. 17,000? <laughs> it it sounds like a lot, but like it's not. It doesn't not, sound like that many to me. I mean, it's it's more days than we've lived. That means Almost if I really double. wanted to, I could only play like 17,500. Dude, you need to calm the fuck down right now. Are you about to talk about golf? No. Yeah, you are! Yeah, I was. That <laughs> <laughs> um, does remind me of that Tim Ferriss thing, though. I think he talked about how one of his friends reminded him of something similar. He was like, how often do you see your parents? And I think he lived in a different state as his parents. But he's like, oh, I'm really good. I see him twice a year. And the guy was like, well, the average age is 80. If your parents are 70, you might see your parents 20 times. I think it was Tim. It's, it's, um, it's not Tim Ferris. It's another guy named Tim. I can't remember his last name. Mm. Um, he, but he would write really long form blogs mm. like like book length blog posts and yeah he was like I definitely heard it on a podcast yeah 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 you did um, and he's like the you spend 80% of your life you spend 80% of the time you'll ever see your parents from 0 to 18 mm-hmm. and then you'll only see like 20% of your parents for the rest of your life after you're 18 it's like yeah. holy shit that's crazy so he tries to make us spend as much time as possible and that's actually like so i've talked about like with jenna and like how i've always like kind of wanted to move away like mm-hmm. from here like the seattle area just to like go explore and that's like honestly something that like keeps me around because it's like my dad's gonna turn 70 next year my your dad looks really good for 69 cute shout out to the alarm outside um yeah that's hopefully cool. i get his genetics and your mom's very youthful as well. Yeah, she'll be 65 next year too. Um, yeah, weird. Something about mortality, it just like you appreciate it more, I mm-hmm. think, as you get older. And it just makes you appreciate the day. If there was some like it definitely encourages me in like a very tangible way. It if you think about the right things, it changes the way you get up and approach your day. Attack. If you have the real... Attack the day. If that real reminder of like, I actually get to get up and go do all these things that I feel like I have to do. Like I, I get to. There's mm-hmm. going to be a day where I was like, I wish I was 32 with a full-time job and a bunch of friends and all this time and energy, you know? so easy to get caught up in some sort of habit and be like i have to wake up and go to fucking work tomorrow <laughs> when we have like seventeen thousand five hundred sixty days to live yeah and relatively a really good situation is it alan watts he talks about he talks about doing what you finding what you enjoy and finding do what you love uh because you'll find yourself he has like this great like talks that are like overlaid over music and it's it's like really inspiring to go like i need to like stop just working for whoever like not having this define me as my life and then look back in 50 years and be like man what did i do oh i just worked like a nine to five did some things worked up the corporate ladder maybe a little bit but like what did you really do and that's kind of why i wrote that quote on the wall today i was like why why 
do you do the things that you do? Like, not just why, like, oh, I need to, my job to make money, but like, w- no, why? Like, yeah. dig deeper and like, ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. And not, and just ask yourself why five times in a row. Like, no, why? 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 Uh, when did you write that on the board? Literally like 10 minutes before you came over. Mm. Have you been thinking about it? I was thinking about it today. What, what do you feel your answer is? Um, I don't know. It's, I put it up there so that I think more about it. I've been, I haven't been thinking about it in terms of that answer, but I think, or in terms of that question, but I definitely feel like I've been arriving at the answer by way of a different route, which for me, I feel like one of the best feelings or things that I, like that I've experienced lately that makes me feel extremely fulfilled is like actions that make me feel like I'm building community for myself or for other people making like making connections including people and things getting people together um, and to me that um, it feels like such I, I've been struck over the last few years about all the mental health issues and how so many of them stem from community. Um, com- lack of community yeah. um, lack of um, inclusiveness um obviously the book tribe is kind of all about that concept like it sort of feels like ever since that book i've just been like it feels like one of the best things you could do to try and get more people involved in things whatever it is you know and so i've been thinking about that a lot for myself lately like how do i do that more how are you doing that what are some ways? I think I'm thinking about it in all, in the things that I'm doing. And, um, you know, I'm in a job now that I'm, tr- I'm like nurturing and trying to get better at. And I think I can apply it to that in a really good way. Like I don't succeed. Like we don't succeed unless we're actually like helping people and making people feel like we are making them a little, they're better off with us, you know? Um, and so it seems like it's changing my dialogue in my conversations to where I'm trying to make it very personal and very real about how it's like when I'm talking to a client or a partner, it's like, it's your people and our people. There are all these fucking technologies, but like none of it moves or works or integrates or pushes us forward without like people having conversations caring investing and so it's like it even it seems tangible in like the last few months that it feels like it's changing some of my conversations i'm seeing i'm feeling like i'm getting deeper with some of my clients because i'm trying to be more deliberate about making that known that we're we like we're all we're not all, but like in business, in the world of business, as it relates to transactions, it's like, if it's not about one human helping another human, what is it? Like, what's the point, you know? And everybody's doing that. We all, we all just have different currencies, right? Like you're helping partners, but that's, that's all just a bunch of people, Yeah. you know? 
that's all it is in the end is like how are you providing value to them and yeah. do they think that the value that you're bringing is going to actually help them and it's in a yeah it is a community of some sort that yeah. you cultivate with the people that you have with the messages and the way that you dispel messages because if you think about it like we all have our own personalities and we all vibe better with certain people versus not people versus not other people and you seem to cultivate those communities that you just naturally vibe with better and it's because they can relate to you um they understand you and so that's really where community comes down to in the end is it's, it's an understanding it's a feeling of those like basic human needs yeah. and if people feel like they can get those from you those basic human needs through whatever occupation you're doing or not an occupation friendship whatever um they're gonna naturally want to be a part of that community yeah yeah it's a fun thing to think about because you can it, I think it can make any job a little bit more exciting if you if you think about that aspect and like can buy into it and apply it to maybe some things that seem a little bit more mundane mm -hmm. you know it, it's a, it's one of those things again that's like these are the basics but when you're deliberate about it it's more powerful and it's really easy to kind of forget about maybe how important it is to like get a group together and maybe invite someone who you wouldn't think to invite or make a conversation a little bit more personal than you might think to make it, you know. Be vulnerable. Um, I think it goes, it honestly goes back to that, the why question. Like, why are you, like, you're in this job, like, you're doing this thing for your business, like, but, like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Um, if you dig deeper, it's like, okay, well, I'm doing that to, get money so I can like have a household why are you doing that you're doing that so you can provide for others and that you can give others a sense of security okay so you're offering security but why are you doing that because you want love mm -hmm. because you want people to love you because you're able to provide for them and like you just keep asking why and like you'll always come down to those basic human needs most likely yeah if it weren't for other people you wouldn't need money you wouldn't you wouldn't need like what 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 value would money or wealth have if it weren't for other people if you're just by yourself just like making a bunch of money like what what the fuck it's There'd uh, be no point i think someone went on a i read this article about this guy who did like a year-long trip by himself he went to new zealand did this whole backpacking thing and he came back and at the very end of the trip people asked him like what did you learn the most he's like that I miss being able to travel with other people and being able to share those experiences because I have all these amazing experiences, but like they're just stories to other people. I don't get to like share those memories with anybody else. Mm -hmm. It's not like, hey, ever remember that time when we were golfing and we were at the Village Pub and that that happened or mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z happened that time we were there. Like, like if you don't get to share those memories with someone, like your sense of community isn't there and just like okay i'm you start to feel more isolated you're like oh man i'm by myself like yeah i don't get to share that with anyone whereas like otherwise you're just telling people a story and people love good stories but you really love when you can reminisce on that event with somebody mm -hmm. yeah i mean we've been talking about this as far as 
some of my travel plans have been concerned. Like I've felt in some ways a little bit discouraged in like wanting to travel yet wanting to do it with, you know, the right people or go certain places with certain types of people or something, even though there's, it's, you know, popular for people to encourage you to travel by yourself. To me, the idea of traveling with awesome people is way more attractive than like being like, yeah, I want to go to Amsterdam for two weeks by myself. Like, yeah, there's value in that. And I could go there and meet people and meet like-minded people and probably, you know, maybe potentially develop some friendships that you maintain for a long time. You know, like I could do that, but it definitely doesn't seem as, as attractive, you know? Yeah. I think the, the solo travel is like definitely a tool that can be used for certain things for like getting out of a rut or um, creativity, um, maybe just releasing, like being mindful, going on, going on somewhere for a couple of days, not bringing your phone or not turning your phone on and like kind of just being in the present the whole time as like a way to like release. I think that can be a powerful tool. Um, it's something I've wanted to do for a while actually. But, Seems like a challenge too. Yeah, exactly. But on overall, I would almost ninety five percent of the time want to travel with other people mm-hmm. for all the reasons that we just talked about. Yeah. There's something else that I uh, want to talk about is that the the idea of uh, like a finite, like finite versus um, like an infinity game. And the guy, uh, Simon Sinek, the guy who said, start with why, that the guy who has a, a TED talk from like 10 years ago or something like that, he's coming out with a, a new book called like The Infinity Game or something like that. And it's basically about, um, and this is kind of what he, he's talking about, is that life is for infinity. There's no end game. Like you, and he talks about how you don't win at business. Yeah, you might win that deal, but like, is there a first place in business? Like everything is so subjective on like what that is and it all comes down to your own intrinsic values of yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're valuing everything on um, a finite, so like a like a timeline schedule, you're, you're gonna be short-minded and you're not gonna be thinking long enough and you're gonna put boundaries on yourself that could cause frustration for you. Um, and I thought it was really interesting because he's like, you, if you have long-term, not even goals, but like, hey, I'm in the game of life, mm-hmm. but I'm never gonna win the game of life. Mm-hmm. And it's, and then it was funny, I was listening to a, a podcast with the, the CEO of Basecamp, the, the project management tool, and he's like, yeah, we don't set, we don't really set goals. We don't, he's like, I was, he's like, I, I was running one time and I was trying to reach like a six minute mile and I ran a six, six, 15 minute mile. He's like, I was really pissed off that I didn't get a six minute mile. And then he's like a couple of days later, he's like, like in the grand scheme of things, like, why am I so mad? He's like, what, like I'm just setting, I'm just making myself mad for absolutely no reason that I set this specific expectation on myself that I wasn't able to meet. And now I'm really mad about it when he created that entire experience all in his own head, (laughs) all in his own head. Yeah. And I think, uh, 
I mean, I think expectations are important and that you should expect highly of yourself, but I think you also have to be careful so that your expectations don't cause things such as depression um, and negative self-talk because he said he starts immediately talking negatively and then he goes down this bad spiral and he's like, what was the point in that? Like, I still ran a six to 15 minute mile. Like, that's pretty good for someone my age. I don't know how old he is, but like, he's like, and I was just like totally okay with it. anybody, anybody age for the record. And he's like, I changed my mindset around it and like, now I just kind of look at everything that way. Yeah. He's like, I do the best that I can. And if I know that I did the best that I can, then I'm happy at the end of the day. And I'm not going to be like, man, you did the best that you, that you could, but it still sucked. Like, he's like, I don't think that way. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our minds are so powerful when you're like inside your own mind. Like how many times you, you, you know, might be noodling on something or you have some idea, some goal and you might talk to someone and someone might laugh and be like, dude, that's crazy. Like, you don't have to feel that type of way. That's just you setting up this, you know, idea for success or failure. In so many cases, we're, we're creating that for ourselves. And how many times do you set a goal for yourself and you tell someone that goal for yourself and then you're, before they even respond, you're expecting judgment from them in either appraising way or uh or a negative like comment way or like i i've noticed that i'll do that like i'll say something like oh i'm trying to be this like for instance in golf like oh like i'm a 15 handicap and then i'm all immediately expecting people to be like oh you suck based off of what their skill level is or oh you're you're okay you're a solid golfer like it's all relative but like you i noticed and I think this is some of this been through meditations, like I start to be aware of this, is that I notice the expectations that I put on myself and then I project those things onto how other people might feel when it's like, who cares? Like yeah. I'm doing what I'm doing and it's like I'm enjoying it and this is what I am. Yeah, and I think in that's most happened. cases people don't care. Yeah. Not like nowhere near as much as you suspect they might. Hundred percent, yeah. Which is, I think, sometimes why it's good to talk about that stuff, you know. I've definitely felt that a little bit as, as, as I'm getting more and more into running and some of the things I want to do. And I'm not going to, probably not going to run a six-minute mile anytime soon. But I have some ideas and a few people are like, dude, like, who cares? Just go run. Go, like, what, what difference does it make Did you to have some idea? at the end of your run did you enjoy it he's like that's all that matters yeah it doesn't matter how fast like it really doesn't matter that much how fast you ran like i do think goals are are really important to help you strive for things and to keep you going on an upward trajectory but i think there's also a very important balancing act that you temper whatever those are so that you don't have negative self-talk as much as possible yeah i think uh it can be that it's so easy to adopt other people's ideas and and you're comparing, you know, as soon as you start. I mean, everything is like that. Like all of our norms, for the most part, were created by some other people, right? And we're just kind of following along. We like alter it a little bit to our liking, um, some of our trial and error. Um, but 
that's a very very real trap to like you you might like the whole idea of a golf handicap is to be able to compare yourself to other players well it's supposed like, to like do that so that when you play in tournaments and things like that that it's levels of the playing field exactly yeah it's kind of ironic yeah because we take it very personally yeah um but it had me thinking of another person, <laughs> um, uh, Steve Adams. Reference gods. Um, the creator of Dilbert. We've talked about him before, but how he doesn't ever set goals. He only puts systems in place. Hmm. So his system is, if it's working out, I'm going to work out three times a week. And I'm going to weight lift. And, but he doesn't set, I'm going to lift this much. I'm going to do this, this, and this. Because... Yeah. He's like, once you get to that goal, and this is, this goes back to like what I was also thinking about from the Infinity Game is like, life is, so we got seventeen thousand five hundred sixty more days or something like that. If I set specific goals and I get to that goal, like, am I going to be able to keep going in an upward trajectory as I'm getting older on those goals, specifically around like health and fitness and those things? And if I set goals, I'm just going to start to get older and it's going to start to become a lot harder for me to keep going on an upper trajectory. And then it's going to be start becoming just maintenance and then it's going to start becoming declining in performance. And that will probably lead to like negative self-doubt, self-worth, be like frustrated with your body. Um, whereas if you just have a system in place, you're not concerned about that. You're like, I'm going to the gym three days a week. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Good for you. And if you just always keep that system in place, you'll probably always be healthy. Whereas if you set a goal and you can't meet that goal, you might become frustrated and you might quit. You might just give up on working out. Or feel less fulfilled by it. Yeah. If you're not meeting that goal. And in some cases, that's, you're missing the point. Longevity. Yeah. Interesting. We got philosophical randomly here. Yeah. Shout out to Nipsey Hussle. <laughs> R.I.P. to the nip. Um, was that what you wanted to talk about earlier before we recorded? You said you had some things. Was yeah. There some, was there anything else? Uh, no, that was pretty much it. You trying to go on a yoga retreat soon? Not, <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> I, I do want to. Maybe I'll go on a solo one. Just kidding. Revamp retreats, dude. You should follow them on the gram. It'll encourage you. I want to. Is there yoga? You have to have yoga at your gym. Yeah. Dude, it's so great to do. Like, okay. it's it's just a different challenge. And it seems like such a good counterbalance to weightlifting and, like, other, like, strenuous, strenuous like, aerobic exercise. When you're in there and... It seems easy at first and you feel somewhat fit from your weightlifting and from your running or whatever else you're doing. And then a few minutes into it, you're like, ah, humbled. Yeah. Humbled by my lack of flexibility when there's, you know, some lady who's maybe 20 years older than me who can do all this stuff that I can't, that like only consists of your body weight and your flexibility, your range of motion. And it very quickly, like, I find myself laughing 
during yoga? Do you ever laugh? Yeah. There's only times where like, I'm like, my body is not getting to this position. Yeah. And I'm just like looking at other people and I'm just like, it's not happening today. And I'll just start laughing at myself. Yeah. I'm just like, okay. And you see people do it so easily. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm so far from that. Yeah. It kind of lights a fire to be like, I'm really excited to come back this next time. Well, you know what I noticed, which is super exciting, is um, I'll do something on one side of my body and I'll just be like, not happening like no like i'm so far from like what i'm trying to achieve and then i'll do it on the other side and go get way further almost it seems like as a result of just because i've been exposed to it once on the other side of my body and you kind of your mind's almost prepping yeah prepped and you're like open to going a little bit further you're like okay now that i did this once there's like that limit and then especially when you do it the first time and you get like a couple deep breaths in and you see how much further some really deep breaths allow you to go in that first one and then you kind of compound it on the second one even though it might be like the other side of a joint or like for me like my knees and like my my groin when I'm doing uh, I can't remember the name of one of the stretches but like uh, you go like from a downward dog into a plank and you you would take your your left leg would be out straight and then your right knee would be would come behind your right elbow and your right foot comes in and so your groin's like way out and it's like taxing your knee a little bit kind of i wish i could explain it better or know the name of it i'm sure like if Alyssa or somebody who does yoga is listening they'd be like they're like yelling the name to us right now do you ever do that when you're listening to a podcast you like wish you could call in I know what you guys are talking about right now. Yeah. But usually I'm not that smart, so they already have the answers. Yeah. Or Jamie looks it up. Um, anyway. Yoga is like also the ultimate infinity game and also the ultimate system. Because yeah. there's really no goals in yoga besides maybe getting to specific poses. But It's all about just progress. It's just progress. And like the people who are the best at yoga have been doing it for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to keep doing it. I'm it it seems very necessary for like to it seems like a very necessary complement to all the other things that I find by value, valuable like physically. And I feel like you too, like you definitely invest a lot more time in golf than I do. Yoga seems like a perfect complement to that. Especially with how your dad bod's breaking down, man. I know. Maybe you need to get out here with some of this mobility, body weight stuff. I was actually doing yoga. When my shoulder, my like shoulder blade tightened up today, I was like, maybe I should just give up weightlifting altogether and like just become the ultimate yogi and like yogi five days a week. Dude. Just be a mobile, mobile god. Part of me thinks it's, I mean, it's clearly a viable solution and think especially as I think about longevity like it seems like a healthier way to build muscle to build stability flexibility than how because it doesn't seem as taxing as weightlifting I just enjoy weightlifting so do I I fucking love it like getting into a deadlift or 
like all the big compounds now i just i love them so much yeah but but again like i was talking about the balance like i i mean i'll I'll develop the discipline because i think i'm starting to realize how i'm paying for maybe not having the discipline of over over training on a day when i'm not supposed like supposed to go overboard i'm supposed to run really far the next day um but something to be said i think long distance running is the same way like it's not that i don't think it's that good for you they did some study on like marathon runners and like how they have a like they have some health problems like when later on in life yeah because it's very taxing on the body obviously each study is different they come to their own conclusions but i wish i could remember the comedian who's like he's like running is like the only activity to where like your body is telling you to stop as soon as you start doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's so true. Like, I know that I could run like pretty far now, but like in the first mile, I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. Like, I'm not, this is not that enjoyable. No. You get into certain grooves where you're like, you're just coasting and you're not thinking about the running at all, but pretty much the whole time you're like, I can't wait for this to be over. That's probably why uh, the body naturally creates runner's high so that back in the day when we were running away from whatever it was, it's like, all right, you want to quit, but nope, you're high. You got this runner's yeah. high, so you're feeling good, so you're going to keep going. Uh, yeah. Dude, that is a great feeling, though. Unless you overtrain or don't yeah. take care of yourself like I did on Friday and was like a zombie over here. Yeah, I've never seen you like that. What were these books you brought over? Well, you know that one. That's a... Thousand Great Jokes. You want me to tell you my favorite one out of there? I mean, you've already told it to me like 10 times, but you should just tell it again. I think it's already on the podcast somewhere. Probably. Too. Um, well, I shouldn't have... I shouldn't have... I should have staged it as just like a real story. But um, it's... Or I, I should have told a story like it was like my friend who just like made it a joke, April Fool's joke. But it's about the man... You know, he's having some struggles in his sex life with his wife. And so he goes to see his physician. And Doc says, Jerry, you know, uh, what's your cardiovascular situation like right now? What kind of exercise are you getting? And Jerry goes, Doc, I got to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing too much right now. I'm just kind of drinking beers and sitting on the couch. And Doc says, Jerry, we got to get you moving. We got to get you running around town a little bit. And he says... Here's what I want you to do for for the next week. I want you to run five miles a day, and um, and then you know, let me know how things improve with your wife. And Jerry goes, "Okay, Doc, I'll take your word. Let's let's do this." You know, a week later, Jerry calls Doc and says, "Doc, all right, I took your advice. Um, I've." you know, ran five miles every day for the last week. And Doc says, great, proud of you, you know. How's the sex life? Has it changed? And Jerry goes, well, Doc, I don't know. I'm 35 miles from home. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the dumbest fucking joke I've ever heard. But I was in New York, and I was in East Village Books. I grabbed that book, and I opened it to that joke and read it. And that book was like $2, and I was like, I'm buying this. I opened this page, and this is a terrible joke. There's so many bad jokes. So bad. It's about lepers. 
The first time he went to a whorehouse, the leper enjoyed himself so thoroughly that he left his girl a tip. I don't even get it. Like the tip of his dick fell off because uh, he's a leper. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's what's weird is like there's some really, really dark jokes in there. Yeah, that's that's dark and dirty. Well, this is the other end of the end of the There's some spectrum. these are all raunchy, dude. Yeah. There's some real like sexist ones in there too. This is pretty interesting, this book. This is about um this is basically a transcript of Virgil Abloh, who I know you're well aware of my mm-hmm. recent obsession with. Um of him giving a speech at um the graduate school of design at harvard and he just like goes up there and um has prepared he's like a legitimate so for those of you who don't, who don't know virgil Abloh is the current menswear creative director at louis vuitton um i like to call him the steve jobs of the streets um he's actually an architect with a, a degree from Man, I want to say University of Illinois or something. Sudanese parents who like wanted him to just be super successful and he felt super gracious about the sacrifices his parents made to like get him to the U.S. and get him in a healthy situation and just like grind it as this young like uh, black entrepreneur and started working with uh, Kanye and a bunch of people and made a bunch of started making his own clothing and taught himself how to use um how to dj and how to use adobe and all of a sudden he's like designing sets and covers for kanye and he's like rose to i mean as far as the fashion world i don't know what greater achievement you can make than being the menswear creative director at louis vuitton but that is like a really so i watched the video version of that book on YouTube one day, just like how long was it? Like two I hours? Think like kind of lit. Um, I, mean, I feel like maybe an hour, but just like had it on the background at, at home watching it, and um, I think it was Jim Quick. This guy on Instagram like broke down the idea that like books allow you to get like an instant download of someone's brain who has like decades of time put into topics and like um, I think there's all sorts of like weird books on topics obviously self-help is a popular thing but like that's such a great kind of approach to have to a book like you're inside someone's brain who's been studying something that you may or may not be familiar with and they're putting everything they have into this like what you're reading and like i mean obviously everybody knows like reading is so powerful but to think about it in that aspect like one of the most valuable things you can have is access to somebody else's perspective on things so that's an interesting read want to take a look at it yeah it's a good one to just like open a page and just like see how he talks about certain concepts he's definitely somebody who um he's really big about his mentors and one of them is the the much kind of ridiculed 
uh, Marcel Duchamp, who's known for um, Duchamp is like a French American artist, painter, sculptor, um, but was known for taking a urinal and turning it sideways as like an art display at some big show. I want to say like in the fifties or sixties. Um, and they're just all about like removing restrictions kind of as you were talking about, like the long game, Virgil always talks about how like everything he's doing is just a moment like him working at Louis Vuitton right now or designing 10 silhouettes with like Nike, which was like in the last few years is his collection has been like the most sought after thing like in everything he does he's just trying to think about like um i don't know deconstructing a concept not being limited to like what's been done before or what people are doing um in many ways thinking about things in like the most childish way because like in many cases that's where like the the rawest ideas come from because kids don't they're There's not no using logic structure yeah yeah they're just using their imagination they no might, constraints yeah um and so yeah i feel like a bit of a fanboy like reading all of his stuff and consuming a lot of it but i kind of like it i like the idea of you know recreating stuff and i like the idea of what value could come of us not putting restrictions on what we're doing it's interesting that you said that about this is just a moment because that's what simon Sinek talked about too he's like i don't define myself by my job i don't define myself by a ted talk i gave 10 years ago i don't define myself by the book i wrote last year i don't define myself by anything i define myself by my own values and how i make people feel and how and the value that i'm bringing to people today mm -hmm. What is that? Is that what's his profession at this point? Is he just a motivational speaker or uh, he does modern some philosopher? of that? Some of that, some leadership type um, stuff. Uh, he used to do. He used to be in marketing. He had started his own marketing company mm. a long time ago. But yeah, he's kind of a, a writer now, thought leader, things of that nature. What what? What profession would you dive into right now if you didn't have to worry about money, but you had to work 40 hours a week doing it? This. <laughs> Why? Because this is fun, and I get to expand my mind with other people who might have different ideas, and I get to learn, and I think it all goes down to like learning and having conversations that might open my eyes to something and then having those discussions which I think I've learned so much from other people talking about things and bring value and just like diving into their own conversations I've learned so much and my mind has opened in the last four years faster than the previous 26 years combined yeah, same. just from listening to other people have conversations um, and I think it's just so enjoyable it's not even work it's just fun i mean the the production side is trying to figure out our audio from a day-to-day -day basis is work but i mean it's all worth it because it's it's 
it's just I'm learning. So and it, I think the more that I learn, the more that I can bring value to other people. Mm-hmm. So we've been, ironically, we should have a, a two-year anniversary recording because we're, we'll oh, be at up. two years here in a moment, even though if we release this recording we're doing right now, this would be our eighth. We've put out seven. Of the seven, is there a moment or are there moments or like nuggets that stick out in your mind as like really significant? Or, or perhaps to, to maybe make you think about it in a different way, moments that you think are maybe the most valuable things that we've maybe have created for other people. Um, I personally think that the acceptance one, that was really, that was a, a really powerful one for me. Um, we had a couple of others that we haven't even released yet that are still like under wraps that we were recorded a long time ago um, that were really valuable for me. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head specifically. Honestly, the first one, like that was just so fun and so enjoyable to mm. be able to get to, and it, it just came so naturally. Yeah. It was just easy. Yeah. Um, that was really fun too. Um, have there been multiple, like anything that multiple different people have brought up to you that's been constant as far as like a value? Did I ask that clearly? Yeah. Um, I'd say mindset, um, definitely meditation. I've had a couple of people come to me about meditation. Those are probably the biggest two things. That makes sense. Anybody meditating now that you're surprised? Hopefully Kurt. He should be. Shout out to Kurt. Yeah. Let's get him. I sent him a 30-day uh, uh, free trial of Headspace. Oh, dope. And I said, hey, you better meditate every day. I need to check in on him. <laughs> Kurt, I'm coming for you. <laughs> I think, like... I've been so obsessed with the idea of stigma. Like there's so much, I I wish that intermittent fasting wasn't called fasting. And I kind of wish that meditation wasn't called meditation because the stigma for both of those things is so, so like such an inappropriate barrier. Yeah. Because it's a construct. Yeah. It's just like not even real like how many people just say i just don't think that's for me when it's like really what it is is it's for everyone to sit there and just not do anything (laughs) what you're doing is not doing anything in both of those things think about the irony of that in intermittent fasting what you're doing is nothing yeah don't eat you don't do anything yeah you don't have to measure your ketones or cook a paleo diet diet or remove you do nothing but people like fasting, I don't know. Oh, what does that mean? What I don't know. Why would you do that? What are some other What are some other uh, stigmas that you would like to explore and ideally remove in on other topics? It's definitely a, a deeper thought. I think uh, generally the idea of 
and this this isn't really original but this is something i've adopted from a lot of the people that we follow but just like the romance about our own opinions and ideas pushing that idea of like like i was so impressed and attracted to the first few times i witnessed joe rogan change his opinion on something mid-episode just because he was he's open to it and he's talking to someone and his first response to someone having um um a different a different opinion his is or his initial one is that's an interesting way to think about that which is so much different than that's crazy that you think about it that way or that's different so i don't like it you know doing that limits you to like maybe never learning maybe never experiencing something so much greater than you could have imagined because you were just stuck with your idea and it's deep i think because there's it's so emotional it's so in many cases like generational like the way you feel about something might be that way because that's what you were taught and that's what maybe your parents were taught it doesn't mean that it's wrong i mean you know a lot of things will stay the same but um and this is more it's more so something that i'm trying to reiterate for myself when somebody says something that's so foreign to me give myself a chance to go interesting why why why, why would they arrive at that perspective on it you know to me i think that's could be you know the most powerful thing because it it allows you to to maybe break the way you're thinking about something break a habit adopt a new habit it's it it can be kind of the it's the cornerstone to any evolution is is looking at yourself in the mirror and going maybe the way i've always done this is just fucking wrong and if i open up my you know kind of mind to the way someone else does it or a totally foreign way of doing it you know it could lead to me achieving something so much greater you know so i don't i, I don't know how you would break that down into a sentence that's a that's a good question but um i mean there's some other ones for sure what about you i'd have to think about it to be honest yeah i'd like to think about it some more it's a deeper it's a deeper thing that needs time to be spent on we uh on our way on our way back from portland we nick ken and brian and i got into a weird conversation about aubrey marcus and um you know calls it non-monogamy like just just the understanding of how that works is intriguing to me i i still subscribe to my ideals around that of being with one person but um just the fact that like it's so foreign but it's you want to believe that it's working for people just like we like we got into it so specifically because i saw um a post of his where he posted a picture of his girlfriend with her boyfriend another guy and he was like this is whitney's boyfriend he's a great guy and all this and it's all it's whenever he 
makes these statements, he talks about the journey of going from a traditional monogamous relationship and maybe having feelings of spite and jealousy and envy and ownership over the person you're with to like years and years of years getting to some point where he approaches relationships in a totally different way. And to me, that just represents your brain. And again, this you have to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's actually really happy and he's being honest about it, that it's working. Because I look at it and go like, okay, what do you do on holidays? We started talking about it in the car. So who, who does she hang out with on Christmas? What do you do? Do you not care about Christmas? Well, who, do, who do you hang out with on Valentine's Day? What if you want to go to Italy? Who do you go with? You know, there's all questions. these questions, and a lot of those come from my kind of structure of it, right? You would attach romantic things with one person. So I start, you know, you start thinking about it that way. It's also... Let's have them on the podcast. Almost like a... It's interesting, because it's almost like a biology thing, too. If you look at certain animals, they have like mates for life and other humans have not always been that way, but or not. I mean, traditionally humans have been one mate for life, or at least (laughs) they've tried, they've tried to have one mate for life and uh, sometimes it doesn't always work, but that's kind of been in all sorts of cultures across the entire world, no matter your race, whatever. Well, aren't there some religions that there's actually some that are famously not that way? Yeah. They're... Ironically, specifically, the men having multiple partners, which yeah. are always viewed as extreme. Yeah. Right? But funny that but on the whole... you mentioned that about, not to interrupt you, but you mentioned that about animals, because there's also some, some animals that are the opposite of partner for life. There's some that just mate with many different partners. sidebar yeah definitely there's facts on all sides the point that i would say is that across different generations different times it's marriage seems to have been like a constant throughout human history right but I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting because the brain is so powerful that you could change. I 100% believe that the human race as a population, as our brain continues to evolve, that it could become a point down the road where we don't see marriage as a thing anymore. And it just For sure. 100% our brains evolve to just be completely like open-minded about everything, yeah. which would be insane. You know what I a long way in the future but it's kind of a dark thought i had recently but um to that point you think about people who in for whatever reason lose their lifelong partner maybe to a freak accident or something and how that that idea of marriage and monogamy and a and a one a soulmate or whatever can result in this tragic moment of, if, for whatever reason, thousands of reasons that could be out of your control to take that person away from you. 
could leave you just shattered. Whereas if you grew up with the idea of, I don't know, some other idea, whether that means multiple partners or not, not diving into this deeply intertwined idea of like marriage and relationship like we have now, if someone gets sick and passes away or gets in an accident and passes away, you're able to carry on in a more resilient way. I, I don't know. I don't even know why I was thinking about this the other day. Maybe it had something to do with that Aubrey Marcus thread, but like, I agree with you. And for, I think there's, it could be for many different reasons with many different benefits that we view our relationships and our independence and attachment to other people way differently than we always have. My stomach's been grumbling like this whole podcast. <laughs> Are you hungry? You're going to no, make I'm some hungry. salmon? I've had some green beans all, all episode. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's really, I think it's really fascinating. What are we going to call this episode? I think we should call this like fools talking on April fools or something. Cause it's yeah. just been kind of silly. Just really random. And it seems appropriate. Yeah. It's really interesting because how many people have been dating with zero intention to find become in a relationship they're like i'm just dating for fun and they just happen to meet someone and they're like i love you and obviously that's not what happens first but like i just love hanging out with you i just connect with you on such a deeper level and then with zero intention of trying to date anyone they end up becoming in a relationship that relationship turns into marriage and then 50 years later it's like oh well they died together or something like that you know like yeah of old age I think our mind is so powerful if we subscribe to an idea regardless of how maybe what if you're seriously looking for it or not you can buy into something and it can last 50 years yeah definitely whatever it is it could be something that we consider traditional or something that we consider bizarre but in the end i think it's just whatever makes you happy yeah it's all that matters in the end yeah whatever makes you happy that's a that's a great statement but i do think at its very basic level relationships allow you to have a intimate sense of community mm -hmm. yeah and i sure. think that's one of the powerful things that like human beings have is like that sense of community <laughs> yeah and so in our culture, for the most part, we acknowledge that by entering into these legal contracts with people and getting <laughs> married. But a lot of other people are adopting, maybe building on that and going, since it's so important, why limit yourself to one person? Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's weird to think about. Yeah. It makes me want to go listen to some of Aubrey Marcus's podcast to like, just... Like, I, you know, I truly don't think I'll ever think differently about relationships than I do now. Like, I just, I'm content with the idea of being with one person, you know, for a very long time. But it's almost like a science. I'm curious how people are operating in such a foreign way. 
it'd almost be interesting to see people's brain scans of someone in like a 50 year relationship versus someone who dated around their whole life yeah and never was interested in marriage but was always interested in having other partners or maybe being in open relationships at all times yeah like biologically like yeah. how are their brains responding Is to it, similar situations are the same so different brain patterns lighting up like i don't know that'd be really yeah. interesting well i'm sure there's you know been some studies out there about it um are for those bro- of you who don't know aubrey marcus is joe rogan's partner and on it um i think he also was one of the co-creators of the fleshlight <laughs> which was joe rogan's first advertiser on but um joe rogan podcast yeah i remember going back to an old like episode from god he's on like thousand he's on like 1100 now or something like that yeah and i was like wait what you're you're legit um ad is the fleshlight like are you kidding and me you're talking about like using it and its benefits and all this yeah. stuff and then it evolves like i think over time they like they're like making it better and there's like different types you can order like i was just like whoa it's so this is such a real thing <laughs> for such a famous person to be doing yeah um but uh yeah he and his he and his um I, I don't know what you call his girlfriend. They talk about this stuff a lot. I think that's a it's a big part of what his podcast is about. And I think a lot of it has to do with his exposure to psychedelics. Yeah, I'd agree. He's very open minded, like extremely. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, this has been a good conversation, even though we had no direction coming into it. I truly do think this is when we're at our best. Yeah. Because the wheels are always turning. Always. We're never not thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So, are we not going to record for a couple weeks? Going to ch- Dude, I think we should sneak a mic down to Chella and maybe do like a 30-minute... We should. ...freestyle on the, under the lemon tree. Dude, we could totally... Bring, oh, dude, how sick would it be to live from I don't the Sunday to. service? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't think that the audio I, quality would work. I think it would be great, but like it, that would become work. Yeah, we're gonna, like you said, we're gonna be hurting and probably on lack of sleep, and I don't know. Maybe we'll regret not doing it. Who knows? But there'd be probably be some nice, uh, some nice. Uh, birds chirping in the background down there i'll tell you what i do feel compelled to do is document our lifestyles a little bit more as it pertains to the podcast so that we have like more content than just these recordings like i don't know pictures of the things we're doing and you know i know that we've always had ideas of like kind of writing some articles and sharing more stories uh kind of providing some more references about some of the things we're doing and trying um more content i think this is a we call this a life lab podcast which means you're consuming an audio recording but i think there's so much more value to it you know we can post things that reflect kind of the mission of this this thing far beyond just recordings 
Yeah, that's like the vision for the website when we just need to put more effort into it. You know it. what I think we should do with the website? A little BTS here behind the scenes. I think we should just make it one stream because it'll make it easier for us to post. I, instead of like a page about this, a page about that, a column about this, a column about that. Just, you know, I think... We can do that already in the Mindshare. Yeah. I think we should just... I think it should be a site that you just go to and what you see is what we've posted recently and you can just scroll for as long as you can scroll. And because... Um, I think we're... We're all, like we're... It, it's it, in a way, to me, a website like that reflects kind of our evolution like you might write something about golf today but then in nine months have a completely different stance on something and scrolling through something that's just chronological and not broken up into categories or i don't know with too many restrictions you would you would see the reality of how all of our ideas are kind of free-flowing relevant to the moment that we're in right now what about evergreen content? That's content that's not that we have any <laughs> evergreen content that's so good that it's will be valuable in ten years from now. We can be there. Hashtag evergreen. Yeah, you could. I think you could. We could apply tags to it. Yeah. You can put archives like you know, some of my. I, I don't know what kind of websites you use, but like I I use a few. And most of them have that format, kind of that Tumblr format where you're just, and it, it also speaks to the way people consume today. People, I think we like to scroll. We don't like to click and navigate. Think about all the most popular apps today. You're just scrolling. They're designed to just keep you scrolling. Yeah. Not so much searching, navigating. I don't know, just an idea. Be, but mainly why I want to explore that idea, it, is because it might provide a smoother place for us to just be Posting putting stuff. Content out there. Yeah. We could write our own things. We could go somewhere and take a picture and sit here and write a paragraph it, put it up there, boom, carry on. You know, just be a little nugget. There's the blog app on uh for Squarespace. Yeah. That will just automatically post. Yeah, I think that, that could be a thing. And there's definitely a part of me that is big on mood you know like a mood board it's like I, I like collecting pictures that kind of I don't know speak to what's interesting to myself and to us and to I think some of the people that are actually interested in what we're making here so so something like that would allow us to just post a picture if we want there's like some pictures that are just dope that it's like that picture will always be We'll always identify with that. Yeah. You know? And then the scrolling through is an experience. Like you're you're scrolling through it fluidly in the way that it happened. And maybe it's not. And that it seems like that would be a better way to consume it for mobile too. Definitely mobile, for sure. Well, this has been fun. I'm glad yeah. we, uh, thanks for persevering through the audio 
struggles that we had earlier. It took us a while to get this going, but I, I, um, I think it always, like our enjoyment of the recording is directly related to how much other people enjoy listening to it. Like our most fun ones are the ones that people talk to me about the most. Yeah. Or maybe not the most fun, but the ones that definitely stick out to me is like, I love that conversation. Mm-hmm. Seem to be the ones that people want to talk to me about. Definitely. Well, guys, we've appreciated another you guys spending more time with us. Happy April Fool's Day. You guys will be listening to us later, so hopefully you survived any embarrassments. I've had enough. I'm taking my lab coat off and I'm getting out of the lab. I'm going home. We love you. Love Life, you. love out. <laughs>